Hey there, and welcome back to another episode of the Reshape Your Health podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Morgan Nolte, and each week on this podcast, I share the knowledge, tips, and strategies that you need to get healthy, lose weight, and prevent disease. If you are listening to this right now and haven't subscribed yet, that would mean a lot to me if you did. Please take the time to do that today on your favorite platform so that you never miss an episode. And if you're feeling extra nice, I would love if you left me a review to let me know what you think. Now, this episode comes from a question I get a lot from many of my clients, and that is how can I stay on track or at least make better decisions when I'm eating out? In my opinion, eating meals with others is a social and emotional experience. Food is linked with so many celebrations, and it's hard to eat perfectly all the time. In my first point today, I'm going to discuss a major mindset block that many people face of feeling like they need to fit in and avoid offending people in social situations. Next, I'll share my definition of exception meals and talk about how they can be used both in the weight loss and weight maintenance phases. After that, I'll share my top tips for how to make good food choices, whether you're going to a fast food restaurant or a dine-in restaurant. You can learn how to enjoy an exception meal or go out to eat without it being an exception meal. It's not enough to talk about healthy eating at a restaurant. We also need to talk about parties and social meetings. I think that this is where most people have the hardest time because they're surrounded by ample food, often desserts, for hours at a time. After hearing this part of the episode, you will feel armed with a few simple strategies to leave the party without the guilt and proud of your developing self-control. If you ever get food anxiety about going out to eat or going to a party because you don't trust yourself to stay on your plan, this episode is for you. Maybe you don't have the anxiety, you just succumb to the night knowing that you're going to get derailed, and then you end up with guilt the next day because you know that you way overdid it. Having anxiety and guilt associated with food or social settings is no fun. I want you to develop the self-discipline that it takes to make a plan, to stick to your plan, and still enjoy your night out and the people that you're with. Will you mess up along the way? Oh yeah, we all do. But remember what I told you in the last podcast episode? Losers quit when they fail, and winners fail until they succeed. You are a winner. You just may not know it, or believe it, or act like it yet. Consider each failure as a learning opportunity from which to learn and do better next time. Please do not give up on yourself if you have a bad night. Please don't stop enjoying social situations because you have food anxiety or guilt the next day. We need to find a healthy balance here. And while you may not control the setting or menu, ultimately, you are the only one that puts food in your mouth and it comes down to personal responsibility. I hope that this episode gives you strength and self-confidence and that the tips and strategies I share with you can provide some practical ideas to stay on plan when eating out. Let's go ahead and dive into the podcast. My first point is all about peer pressure and the fear of offending people. Food is meant not only to nourish our bodies, but the company that we eat it with is meant to nourish our souls. Some of my favorite family memories revolve around the dinner table. 
My papa, who passed away last year, would usually drink a little bit too much wine, and then he would start singing, please release me, let me go, and talk about how much he loved my Nana. The most important life lessons that I've learned and connections that I've made with people have usually happened over the dinner table. I don't want you to miss out on all of the great fun times that can be shared during a meal. I also don't want you to completely fall off your food plan and stay off for days or weeks at a time after not eating well for just one night. It's certainly possible to enjoy healthy, nourishing, delicious food most of the time, but I recommend that people don't even try to eat perfectly all the time. It's unrealistic. The best way to navigate social settings is to plan ahead for them with what I call exception meals. Once a client said that she was considering skipping a social outing because she didn't want to deal with food pressure from her friends. She struggled with saying no to peer pressure, whether it was verbalized or not. And she didn't say this, but I'm assuming that she felt like she needed the same food as the rest of the people at the table, because if she didn't eat the same things that they were eating, she would feel bad and feel like she was offending them by her own choices because she was eating a healthy meal and they weren't. Now this reminds me of a life lesson that my mom taught me pretty early on in life. And I'm guessing that my mom learned it from her mom because my Nana is the queen of making everyone feel comfortable and welcomed. And the lesson was how other people feel around you is a lot more important than how you feel around them. My mom is a successful lawyer and she was always cognizant of how her success may come across to other people who didn't have the same type of business success as she did. She quickly learned how to downplay her strengths when she needed to so that other people would feel more comfortable around her. I think sometimes we're tempted to do that with food. If someone else is eating unhealthy, we tend to join along, partly because we want the yummy food, but also in part because we don't want to seem like we're haughty or better than them. We are in a culture where it seems almost like a criminal offense to offend somebody. So we go along and give into social pressure more often than we want to, just out of fear of offending somebody. If you are struggling with not wanting to offend someone, know that this is totally normal and you're doing well to consider the feelings of others. However, one of my life mantras actually totally contradicts the lesson that my mom taught me as a young girl. And my mantra is what other people think of you is none of your business. I want you to make the conscious decisions about what you're putting in your mouth, whether you're eating out or you're staying in. It's your decision. It takes time and practice, but once you consistently become conscious of your decisions and act in alignment with your priorities, not other people's agendas or feelings, you will have more peace about eating out and not worry about offending people and not worry about fitting in. This brings me to another quote that I've used when trying to reach specific goals. And that's that it's easier to say no to something when you have your greater yes in mind. I think that that is such a true quote in so many situations. And I use that most often when it comes to dessert. I have a huge sweet tooth and it is hard for me to say no to dessert or at least to limit my portion. And I always remember like, what's your greater yes? 
you want to be healthy and have a body that can move and can keep up with your young child. And um, I'm pregnant right now, and I want to I want to have a healthy pregnancy and a healthy birth and a healthy recovery. You know, I have a lot um, of internal motivation to stay healthy, and so I try to remember my greater yes. Um, so that I can say no to the menial things like extra dessert more often than not. This brings me to my second point, which is talking about exception meals. This term came from my mom because she didn't like the term cheat meal. She thought that cheat had a guilty connotation with it, and I think that she was right. Food guilt is a real thing. Overeating is difficult to avoid, um, especially in social situations, but it's possible. An exception meal is a meal or sometimes a whole day really when you're intentionally indulging more than you normally would um, with your normal baseline nutritional habits or maybe you're not indulging, you're just eating things that you normally wouldn't eat. It could mean having some bread or chips before dinner when normally you don't or having dessert after dinner when normally you don't or just eating something that you know isn't the healthiest option. For me, an exception day might mean I'm snacking more frequently throughout the day than I normally would. So when losing weight, I recommend about one exception meal per week. Another way that I put it is to eat really well about 90% of the time. And during maintenance, I think that you can get away with eating well 80 plus percent of the time. Obviously, the more the better. It just gives people the freedom to know that they don't ever have to be perfect Um, but they can learn to plan and develop self-discipline. Being a foodie, I look forward to my exception meals. They are motivating for me to stay on track the rest of the week and help me avoid food guilt, knowing that it's just part of my plan and lifestyle to not eat great all of the time. Now, I certainly don't look like a fitness model or a supermodel, and I'm okay with that. If I wanted to look a certain way, then I might not have exception meals, but at this point in the game, I'm totally fine with them, and I think that they're part of a healthy lifestyle. Exception meals are usually easy to plan for, and they usually happen on the weekends when you're going out to eat or if you're going to a friend's house. They can also happen at social settings or meetings or parties. So let's talk about some tips for how to eat well, first of all, at a restaurant. The most important thing to do to stay on track when you're eating out at a restaurant is to plan ahead. Even if you're planning for an exception meal, don't let yourself just go in and eat without a plan. You still need to have a plan for your exception meal. If you don't have a plan, you're likely to end up eating more than you intended to. The first part of this plan actually comes far before you go out to the restaurant, and it includes planning what you eat for the rest of the day before you go out. I would love to see you have a pretty healthy meal or two that day that's full of healthy fat, protein, and fiber to keep you full. It's also important to go into the meal well hydrated, so try to drink a bottle of water on the way to the restaurant um, or a glass of water before the meal. The first thing the waiter or waitress asks at a restaurant is your drink order, so you're going to want to be prepared for this. Water is your best option. If you do want a drink or another beverage, just order water first and see how you feel in a few minutes. The initial craving may pass, 
Plus, it gives you an opportunity to practice delayed gratification, something that's desperately missing in today's instant technology-centered world. In my opinion, pop is just something that's not worth it to me. I'd much rather eat my calories with dessert or more food um, than have the sugar in a pop or even the artificial sweeteners in a diet pop because those still raise your insulin levels. So even during exception meals, I try to avoid sugary alcoholic beverages or pop. Next is decide if you're going to have appetizers, bread, or chips, depending on the restaurant. And if you are, what's your plan? Are you only going to have one piece of bread? Just a handful of peanuts? You can decide whatever it is based on the restaurant. A good example is recently I went out for Mexican with my family and my mom was with me and I asked my mom what her chip plan was because I knew if she didn't have a plan and that she would munch on the chips all night and she's done that before and not felt so well the next day. So her plan was to just have three chips and she did. My plan was to have a few chips, but wait until my fajitas came so that I could dip my chips in my guac and beans. The point is here, we both practiced delayed gratification, we both had a plan, and we stuck to our plan. And the accountability with each other really helps and it goes a long way. If you're going out to eat with a loved one or a friend, don't be afraid to tell them what your plan is. You might feel silly doing it, but um, you'll you'll likely be more like you'll be more likely to follow through if you have some sort of accountability. So next, I want you to consider your plan for the main course. Many restaurants will have nutritional information online to help you look ahead of time and see what meals are high in protein, fiber, and healthy fat, and which are low in added sugar and sodium. Often restaurant foods are loaded with hidden sugar, so really be mindful of that, especially for salads, because a lot of sugar will come in the salad dressing. So you might want to change up the dressing or ask for it on the side. Just because a food is marketed as being healthy, whether that be by Weight Watchers or anybody else, do your due diligence and try to find the nutritional information online before you eat it. See how much added sugar is in your food. If you can eat a dinner low in added sugar and avoid sugary beverages, you will be less likely to crave more sugar for dessert. Speaking of, that usually comes after the main meal. When my family went out to eat when we grew up, we would always get dessert, and that is not a great habit to get into. I'd like to see you save dessert um, just for special occasions like birthdays or anniversaries or weddings. You know, going out to eat in and of itself is usually not a special occasion, so please don't use that for an excuse to always get dessert. Here's a couple of tips if you do get dessert. Share the dessert with others at the table and don't get a to-go box because if you take it home, you're likely to continue to crave sweets and get off track more at home. So leave it at the restaurant. Another tip is to limit yourself to a number of bites, kind of like my mom had the goal for three tortilla chips at the Mexican restaurant. You could limit yourself to three bites. It's again, just another practice in self-discipline. Let's move on from restaurants to parties. Personally, I find that eating at restaurants is easier than parties, weddings, social meetings, and the like where there is food around all the time. At a restaurant, it comes pretty much pre-portioned, and once the food is gone, it's gone. 
At a party, you have a lot more choices that can tempt you all night long. Usually there are sweets that everybody loves to make and bring and then try to make other people eat because they don't really want to eat them and they don't want to take them home themselves. So when it comes to parties, having a plan is a must. Part of that plan is having the mindset that you do you. Don't worry about what other people are doing or eating or drinking. You are a grown adult and you don't need to heed the pressure of everybody else. Those who really love and understand you will support you in your goals and not try to tempt you um, down to their nutritional standards. One of my clients does a really cool thing. And when she goes out to a party, she focuses um, on being present to the people at the party, not just the food at the party. And so she uses intentional conversation almost as a distraction from wanting to eat more food. And I really like that idea. Earlier this month, I did a podcast interview with Toby Amador about the create your plate method, where she talked about filling half of your plate with healthy non-starchy vegetables, a quarter with lean protein, and a quarter with a healthy starch. I think parties can be a helpful time to think about how you're structuring your plate and try to make half of it non-starchy vegetables. Most of the time there's a vegetable tray um, or some sort of vegetable dish or at weddings they might have a salad or green beans. Personally, I like to eat a lot of food. So I'll have a separate plate just for my leafy greens and then pack in extra vegetables on my dinner plate. From there, try to find protein or fat. So if you're just at like a party or a social meeting, there might be some nuts. Of course, the nuts are going to be a better choice than the sugary dessert. The less refined starch and sugary stuff you have, the better. For me, this usually means avoiding it altogether when I'm at a party or a social situation because it's just my personality that if I start, I know that I'm going to want to have more and more throughout the night and it's going to be available to me throughout the night. Unlike at a restaurant where it comes, you eat it, you leave, or it comes and you eat it and you leave it. So when it's around me all night, I'm faced with a lot more temptation and it's easier for me to just not even start. Another option is to go and try to limit yourself to a certain amount or portion of dessert. I've also practiced delayed gratification, especially at weddings. And I'll say, okay, you can have a cookie or you can have a piece of cake, but wait until you're about ready to go or take it on the road with you. So again, I'm waiting until I'm not around it for the rest of the night to enjoy it. Just to wrap up, I gave you a lot of pieces of advice in this episode, and I hope that you can identify with at least one or two and try them out the next time you're heading to a restaurant or a party. I would love to hear how your journey is going and if the information that I'm sharing with you is valuable. If you have any questions that you'd like me to answer, you can find me at Reshape Physical Therapy on Facebook, Instagram, or YouTube and shoot me a message. You can also email info at reshapept.com. Before we end, let's recap the main points that I covered and preview what's coming next week because it's an extra special episode with one of my clients. The overall theme for today's episode was how to stay on track when eating out. The first point that I discussed were some mindset shifts that you can make to avoid giving into peer pressure and stop worrying about offending people just because you don't want to eat or drink like them. Remember, you do you. 
Next, I talked about my love of exception meals. These are those flexible meals that you can use when eating out about 10% or less of the time if you're trying to lose weight, where you eat something you normally wouldn't eat. Remember that this is not an excuse to go wild. I don't want you to undo all of the progress that you made during the week. Some people find that they have to work into exception meals because they're afraid to quote unquote go off the plan and because they're afraid that they won't be able to stop. And that's okay. But I do remind them that we're after progress, not perfection. And this is a really important point. You can't avoid social outings and eating food that you don't make forever. And if you don't practice self-control and delayed gratification while you're losing weight, you will not be able to keep the weight off very well because you haven't strengthened those self-discipline muscles. You will have a hard time moving from the mindset of I'm on a diet to this is a lifestyle because you never gave yourself the opportunity to make it a lifestyle. You were always in that diet mentality. Perfection is not a lifestyle. That's why I love exception meals. Lastly, I gave you some great tips and advice to stay on track, whether you're eating at a restaurant or a party. The most important thing to remember is to plan, plan, plan. Practice delayed gratification and stop worrying about offending people. You don't need to be rude or haughty about it, but just politely use those three magic words of no thank you. You don't owe anyone an explanation. If you feel an explanation is owed to someone for declining food, explain how you're trying to get healthy and lose some weight. Or how if you start, you just aren't likely to stop and it's not going to serve you and it's going to derail your progress. If they don't understand, that's their problem, not yours. If you find that your current group of friends isn't very supportive of your health goals, find a community of people you are. You can't always escape your situation, but there are people out there that are trying to get healthy too. Here's your homework for the week. I talked about the importance of planning ahead and structuring your meals well before you go out to eat so that you don't want to eat the entire kitchen or overindulge. If you haven't yet, I'd love for you to download my ultimate food guide. I break things down really simply into the three main food categories of carbohydrates, protein, and fat, and I share the top foods that you should be eating on a regular basis from each category to be healthy, lose weight, and prevent disease. You can go to reshapept.com forward slash ultimate food guide to download it. Next week is going to be a fun episode because I have a really fun guest. You're going to get to meet Kim. She's one of my clients and course members. And I swear every time we had a coaching call together, I wanted to record it because the knowledge and reflection and insight um, that she gained over her journey of working with me to develop a better understanding of nutrition, fitness, and habit change has been remarkable. She is definitely what I would call a star student. She reached her weight loss goal and she's now in her maintenance phase. I'm so excited for you to get a sneak peek at the great conversations we've had together over the last several months and learn about her experience shedding some mental blocks, fears, and false beliefs about food and weight loss. I know that you're going to gain a lot of insight and it may even feel like she's in your thoughts because her story is so relatable. She is just excellent at putting things into words. Some people just have that gift. I'll talk to you at the same time, same place next week. Bye for now.